Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own bro basket or choose from a variety of different bro baskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, bro baskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-assed sports fans giving their half-assed opinions. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Sporty number 42, the year anniversary. We did it, Rich. We made it a whole goddamn year. Brought in the Iceman along for the ride i just introduced everybody i didn't mean to do that but you know that's here it's special but i'm chris i'm rich and i am the Iceman. and your bracket is garbage i'm well, talking to you on. everybody hold on hold on <laughs> 42 there's two numbers that come to, there's two players that come to mind under 42 jackie robinson obviously number one and mariano rivera what about ron yeah. a lot Hey man, I'm just I, I, baseball's right around the corner. Okay, my mind's been on that lately, so that's why those are the two that popped in my head. Well, those are two very good numbers. Like I said, number one obviously is Jackie Robinson, but yeah, I gotta give Ronnie Lott his due. Oh no, definitely, definitely. Uh, Darren Sharper also number forty-two is a tribute to Ronnie Lott. There you go. Yeah, I mean, my brain stopped at Jackie Robinson, so that's what I'm saying. The subject. And well, if we, we follow NASCAR, it's Larson, so, yeah. Well, before we jump into uh, all the, the sports talk, uh, we covered this on the very first show, and I figure probably once a year it's good to cover it because it's a sports show, so it's if you go back and listen to a year-old show, it doesn't age very well because we're talking about shit that has came and went so i don't imagine many people went and checked out the very first show uh but you know we decided on the name sporgy 
because it's a mashup of two words, sports and orgy, basically meaning you just have a sportsy, uh, you know, a sports orgy of shit to choose from, et cetera, et cetera. And it's also a nod to uh, uh, two guys in, in, in local uh, talk radio who I think it's fair to say pretty much influenced me and Chris to even get into doing this. So, Yeah, and in our defense, they were off the air when we started this. <laughs> They've shown yes, back up again yes. in podcast form. Yes, um, but I, you know, I they haven't bitched, so obviously, and I'm pretty sure somebody, somebody in their crew has done a search and been like, "Who the fuck are these assholes thinking they're taking our word?" But I also just think it's funny because if you look it up in Urban Dictionary, apparently it's a spooning orgy, which I can understand where people might. Now I understand why we have sometimes a hard time getting our name in certain social media formats because. You know, they associate it with some sort of sex act, group sex act, and it's like that is not what we know. I mean, sports people get your minds out of the gutter. Plethora and sports don't smash together like orgy and sports do. You know, as sporgy. So yeah, that's why we chose it. But um, so yeah, so there you go. So if if you're listening now. You'll know where it's from, and if someone starts listening six months from now, they'll be like, "Why the fuck are these guys called Sporgy?" But we, the definition that we use is on Urban Dictionary. You just have to scroll down past a whole lot of other definitions. <laughs> so yeah, it's like the eighth one. Yes, yes, <laughs> and pretty much anyone from the Detroit area gave it a thumbs up. People not from the Detroit area gave it a thumbs down because they were like, "What the fuck kind of definition is that?" But Whatever. And now you know, everybody. So what are we starting with? I know that uh, Iceman... Take your bracket and throw it away. Okay. (laughs) If you're listening and you're saying you have an intact bracket, you're a fucking liar. All right? (laughs) I don't think anybody had this final four. There's probably one homer in South Carolina who's got a boner. I mean, everyone saw Gonzaga coming. Everybody saw uh, UNC coming. Oregon, although number three, I don't think many people had them uh, had them in the hunt. But it's pretty Pacific Northwesty Final Four with Gonzaga up at Spokane. Oregon's where it is, and then yeah, you got South Carolina and North Carolina. So it could be an all Pacific Northwest Final Four. It could be an all or final game. It could be an all Carolina final game. Who the fuck? I will knows? say this. I will say this as a complete rookie at filling out a bracket and being the most casual of casual uh, college basketball fan. I did debate throwing Oregon or North Carolina in there. Um, never once did I think to throw the Gamecocks into the fucking Final Four. You know, I mean, I, you know, and it's, it's, I don't get points for thinking about doing something, but I was like, eh, I'll play it safe. I figured if, you know, I had, what, two number one seeds and two two number two seeds, I thought that would be good enough. No, uh-uh. So. Well, I'm going to maintain what I said in the chat. I'm still the Iceman. 44 out of 60 picks. Eh, I'll take it. It's 75% of the brackets. Yeah, dude, you got four picks more than me. Yeah. I mean, like, like let's, let's, not, let's, not, let's not act and like, if let's not act like is- you're running away with it, dude. Yeah, and well, if I'm not saying I'm and UNC wins, I win the bracket. So, 
Just say don't. That's true. Dude, you were probably you're probably like fucking people in Chicago who were booking tickets, you know, with five outs left. What was it? Two thousand. Two thousand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're calling their bosses saying they're going to need time off from work. Yes. <laughs> I'll call then, this. If South Carolina beats Gonzaga, I'll never fill out another bracket. <laughs> See, this is my first one, so this is all new to me. I'm just like, oh, is this the is this the bracket busters that we've been talking about? Because there was really no big like holy shit moment in the first in the first round. I mean, you know, there was a couple like yeah. really in, in the middle, in the you know, yeah, Middle Tennessee State beat Minnesota. Yeah, the first round really was Middle Tennessee State beat Minnesota. That was the big from the from the first round. That was the big upset, so to speak. Yeah, but I mean, even then, that's a twelfth seed taking down a, a five seed. I mean, they're they're kind of they're they're closely more closely matched than a sixteen taking down a one, which has never happened as far as I know. Yeah, ever. I mean, no, I don't think so. Really, I don't know. a sixteen has never beat a one ever. That's crazy. I'm, I am going by, like I said, you're you're taking you're taking it from the most casual of of college basketball fan right here. I have no idea. I mean, there's a real easy way to check, and I'll do that. Okay. The answer is no. Nope. Never wow. happened. That tournament's been along for a long ass time too. Yep. There's been, 15, there's been 15 first-round games decided by single digits, but never an upset of a top seed in the first game of the tourney. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm just glad I'm hanging in there as much as I am. I'll let you two okay, uh, 100% pull down your pants and wave your dicks in each other's faces talking about how big they are. 100% disclosure, this is actually my first full fill-out bracket. No BS. Wow, I'm not. I'm the bracket veteran. I filled out like four. <laughs> I think in my whole life, maybe five. Yeah, but Earl, ever since I've known you, you've been an all-around sports guy. I mean, you've always known about pretty much any sport that fucking back in the day ESPN would cover. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely knowledgeable about sports, even college sports, but. I've never saying, sat down attention. and filled out a bracket. Yeah, it's just something. See, that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's it's just something that we don't. We've never. We never did, right? I mean, even when we were younger, it's we never sat there and argued over like who was going to win what in the in. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the national championship of basketball. Even when we, even when we were kids, so yeah, it's just something that I don't know. I always heard other people do. Now I figured. It was something for Seinfeld fans to do. <laughs> it just seemed like something that people that would watch Seinfeld or Curb Your Enthusiasm would do. <laughs> it's what you do white after you shit. turn 30. Yeah, I know, right? Yes, both both of you were correct, yes. White people shit over 30, yes. Yes. That's what I, that's what I would say. All right, so I guess Final Fours this weekend. Uh, next Monday will be the championship game. Yeah, there you go. Another March Madness shot in the ass. Uh, but uh, before we did move on from that, uh, I believe Earl, you, you had something you wanted to talk about involving UCLA. Yeah, Lonzo Ball. 
LeVar Ball just sitting there saying how much better his kids were going to be than Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and uh, their kids. And uh, that caused a big stir this week. I mean, I'm full support of guarantees and, you know, building up your team and building up your own kid. I I totally agree with that. But LeBron James got bent when LeVar Ball started talking about how much better uh, his kids were going to be than, you know, LeBron James's kids. Now, normally, when it comes to LeBron James, I tell him to shut the fuck up and I can't stand him and he's wrong for everything. Well, unfortunately, this time, or fortunately, however you look at it, he's right. LeVar Ball has no business talking about anybody else's kids at all. You know, what people, what parents do with their kids or don't do with their kids, you know, that's on them. At no point should you ever start talking about somebody else's kids. Because, I mean, do you want to get shot? Because that's how you get shot. Wow, and you're was, coming from a place I totally didn't even think you were going to come from with this, but all right. I, I just, I, 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 I call a spade a spade, you know, uh, LeVar Ball, you know, trying to live vicariously through his kids, as Chris called it, um, making all the decisions for them, guaranteeing that they're going to go to UCLA when they graduate high school. I mean, at some point, you got to think about the kids and, and, and the aspect that they're living. They never get to have a life for themselves. I watched him on Stephen A. Smith and Stephen A. Uh, on first take. And Stephen A. Smith asked Lonzo, did it ever once occur to you to say, you know, Dad, you're saying this and you're doing that. Could you tone it down a bit? And Lonzo looked straight at Stephen A. and said, yeah, I was raised that you can't really talk back to your father. So anything he says goes. He says, go bite the tree. Lonzo's going there and gnawing on a tree. Yeah, but you get over 18, you can tell him to fuck off. Well, you can, but... I mean, in the past, when you told him to fuck off, he's ready to whoop your ass. When you're 18, you can go to jail for doing it now. Charges can be filed. People can be detained. It's it's easy to say one thing if you never lived the lifestyle like that. I had a pretty rough life, you know, when I was a kid. And I know what would happen if I talked back. So even when I got older, I still didn't want to talk back because I knew what would happen. Or what could happen. And my parents weren't the parents that were scared of the police. They actually were, the, you know, the proverbial hand me the phone and say dial 9-1 because by the time you dial the other one, you're going to need them. Well, his, okay, his type of parenting, Peter Berg did a uh, HBO miniseries, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but one of the thing, one of the, episodes he did was about you know i guess they call them trophy parents parents that are pushing their kids etc etc and this is nothing new and the kid being like you know held hostage to where he can't you know he can't talk back or anything like this that's nothing new either and you know i was listening to sports talk and one of one of the people on there brought up a, a, a decent point they said look I have nothing wrong with him trying to start a brand for his sons so they can make their own money. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, the, 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 the hip hop record labels that instead of going to the major labels, signing shit contracts and getting pennies on the dollar, started their own labels, got the hype train built up to the point where when they went to the major labels, all they needed them to do was, was use them for distribution. 
And so they kept the lion's share of the money. If that was all he was doing, I'd really have no problem with what he was doing. In fact, I'd call him a very smart businessman for doing that. I mean, if he's going to start you know, a, a brand based on his children and his last name, and it will sell, and, and Nike and Adidas and Reebok aren't taking a cut of it, you know, hey, go, go him. But this goes beyond that, dude. This is a guy who I, I'm even I'm even hesitant to talk about him because I don't think he, we should be giving him any more attention. The problem is, is that, and this is what I told Chris exactly before you before you uh, you came on, Earl. Uh, we're not by any means of the imagination spearheading the sports media, so it can't be placed at our feet that this asshole has fucking national TV time. Okay, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do penance for other people's sins, and so they're going to shove this dickhead out in, in front of us, and he's got two more kids coming up, which means he ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Then yeah, fuck it. He, since he wants to, since he wants to be in the conversation, fuck it. Let's talk about him. And I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's a sad thing, man. I mean, it, it, how many, how many times have we heard about parents that are like this that raise these kids? And these kids have such high expectations set for them by their parents, and then they fail. Or I can't remember the quarterback that that uh, uh, shit. His his dad his dad like from from birth put a football in his fucking crib, never let him eat a hamburger, never let him eat sweets, had him working out, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean they called him Robo Quarterback. I can't remember his name, but anyways, uh, he went to college, got a taste of independence, hit the pros, and just fizzled out. He couldn't handle it because he had never had any freedom. And when you have a kid so much under your thumb that they have no freedom, they're going to go nuts the minute they, they fucking get it most of the time. And just because this kid doesn't talk back to his dad in, in college, you got to remember, he's a one and done, Okay. He's not even a full year removed from living at home. Wait till he gets a fucking big contract because he's going to go high in the draft from everything I've heard. Wait till he gets a big ass contract, gets his own house, and he looks at his dad and goes, "Get the fuck out of my house," because at that point it's his money. Hey, and all, Rich, you know, what what about hey, the kids Earl? that uh, they they place so much expectation on them, and you've got to do this, you're going to do this, like uh, that kid from uh, Arkansas whose dad locked him out of the house and shit. And you're going to do this. And it, they get all of this expectations. And when they fail, they can't handle it. And they end up committing suicide. That's quite a jump. Can you give me examples? Oh, there's plenty of stories that you can find on the Internet nowadays of kids that they, they're, they're so disappointed that they've let their, their folks down that they've ended up committing suicide. Well, I mean, that's obviously the most drastic and tragic situation possibility that could come out of this situation is that the kid takes his own life because for whatever reason he didn't live up to his dad's expectations all right i would hope more so than that that this kid gets a taste of independence and tells his dad to go take a flying fuck at a donut that's what i would hope probably what's going to happen is what happens with a lot of kids who come from families like this because as far as it is if if all my background reading on on his father is correct. This guy was like wannabe football player, never never played a game. He was on practice squads. He played in NFL Europe, but he was never good enough to actually be in the NFL. 
So he's walking around with this like cock swagger, like he did something with his life, and he really didn't. The only thing he did was produce his kids, and he even said that he chose his wife based solely on the fact that he wanted pretty children. That which, is I mean, fucked if, up. I mean, if that's if that's my if if I'm his wife, I'm like, well, fuck you, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Because this motherfucker, his head looks like a half sucked milk dud. He looks like a fucking, you know, Nazi experiment gone awry. He ain't no he ain't no fucking prize to look at. He and his personality is obviously in the fucking shitter. But I mean, what are you gonna do, dude? What are you gonna do if he if the kid if the kid succeeds? People will say, "Well, there you go. He did the right thing." They say it about Joe Jackson and 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 the and hit the Jackson children all the time. You know, that's 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 a that's a that's a hack joke for comedians when they talk about Michael Jackson, talking about his childhood. Yeah, whatever. Joe Jackson beat your ass into stardom. Shut up and get some therapy with all the money you got. Now, if the kid fizzles out and he doesn't do anything, then it's going to be all on the kid. He couldn't handle the pressure. And eventually, you'll get people that'll start blaming the parent. By the way, the person I was trying to think of was Todd uh, Marinovich. That's that's the quarterback I was trying to think of. And the thirty for thirty I was talking about was called the Marinovich Project. But I, you know, I don't know, man. I, I I never had anyone in my family push me like this as far as sports or anything else. And I mean, it, I all I can do is hope for the best for the kid, and I hope that this asshole mentality that his dad has didn't rub off on him because I can't imagine his dad is making any friends in the NBA with his fucking big mouth for his kid because it's not his dad that's going to have to be in the locker rooms dealing with these players it's going to be his son and he's he's fucking whipping his dick out and pissing all over a whole lot of fucking pro basketball players feet with his fucking mouth before his son's ever stepped one foot in a fucking NBA locker room yeah if I were him his kids would be like dad shut the fuck up like you I, what you just said, I'm the one that's going to have to work with all these guys. I'm the one that's going to have to talk to all these organizations. You know, and too rich, I'm kind of with you and like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to enact the rubber band theory on this one. All right. You stretch a rubber band so far, eventually it snaps back. And yeah, I'm kind of partial to the theory. As soon as these kids get their own money, they're going to tell their old man to fuck off. I don't know. Stop it. Generation X parents, knock it off. Stop. Yeah, this, this, this you can't lay at the feet of any fucking millennial, no matter how hard you try. No, and we I mean, built them. Know. Our our age group has built these fucking dipshits. Yeah. So, and it's parents like this fool, which is why, you know, these kids are gonna think, gonna sit there and think they're. He apparently is the only one who thinks they're going to be better than Jordan and better than LeBron James because until this fool started popping his mouth off, I never heard of his fucking kids. I heard of LeBron James by the time he was about to be drafted. I heard uh, of Kobe Bryant by the time it was draft time. Yep. I heard about them in high school. And I'm talking before their yeah. senior year. I ain't heard about these kids till their loudmouth dad got in the media. So slowly roll pops. Oh, I mean, what do you think is going to happen, Earl? This is this is this is the story you said we needed to read up on. I mean, you I, think the players I, I in the locker room are going to be very welcoming to. Well, I I, I don't know. Uh, I I think he has a lot to prove to everybody, meaning he being Lonzo Ball. Uh, if he doesn't 
you know, live up to the hype, then, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of Mateen Cleaves a little bit. You guys remember him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he was supposed to be this big shit coming out of Michigan State and got to Detroit Pistons and was like, uh, no. <laughs> and then just faded off, you know. And I don't know, being in the pros, I, I've never been in the pros, but I have to think it, it's, it's a, you know, sink or swim mentality. I don't care if you have your sister bitching that you need to get out of Detroit or your dad building you up to be the best player ever to walk the planet. If you come in and produce, I don't think your teammates give a shit who says what about you. You know what I mean? I think Mateen Cleve's uh, performance in the 2000 uh, championship game is what got him drafted. Because he really wasn't, he was just an average player that whole year. And, I mean, with college, excuse me, with college and pro, with college, one more time, guys, with college basketball, pro basketball, it's the same thing kind of as football. Sometimes you'd be great in college, go to the pros, and you suck. Just your, your style of play just isn't going to make it in the pros. And I think that's what happened with, with Team Cleves, really. You know, he was an uh, average college basketball player who had a above-average postseason. I, I, yeah, I'm just – look, he still has to get the ball passed to him to produce. And if his dad has made – if he gets drafted by a team and his dad talks just nonstop shit and, you know, does what he did – with his college team, then he could get that locker room to the point where they're like, fuck this motherfucker. You know, <laughs> he'll get a pass when absolutely everyone else we've already tried to pass to, and they've already fucking, you know, got a steal or two from us. I mean, they could, they could freeze him out of the game real easy. I mean, I mean, I would, I would think that they're professionals and that that's not going to happen, but I mean, let's be honest. It probably has happened. It has happened on teams. Ultimately, they're professionals, but they're also people first and foremost before anything else. And people can be some petty motherfuckers, man. So I, I just, I, I don't know his kid's attitude. I, and and it's, this, is, this, is, this is, tells you all you need to know. I haven't heard his kid fucking talk, but like just normal fucking interview bullshit. Just safe pad answers. But I've heard his dad spout off at the fucking cockholster all fucking last two weeks. So that tells you all you need to know right there. But, I mean, if his kid is a, is, is a respectful, humble, appreciate to be appreciate appreciative of where he's at kid and he goes into the NBA like that and he lives up to half the hype, I hope for his sake that he can, like, put some space between him and his dad. You know, I hate to say it, but you got two younger brothers. Let him fucking... Let him let him try to make one of those the, your his mini me, because people like this. If you're going to talk all that shit, you got to back it up. You have to back it up. And I mean, his dad strikes me as the type that was talking big shit all his life, and all he ever did was, you know, end up on a fucking practice squad for an NFL team. That's it. All right, you need, you really need to shut up, dude. You're you're you didn't even do anything in your sports life. You're you're basically one step above Rudy. Congratulations, asshole. They used you as a tackling dummy. Yeah, can't, can't argue with you there, Rich. No, but that's like I'm saying, man. I think in the pros, it's a sink or swim mentality. If, if Lonzo and his brothers go in there and d gets the job done, 
His dad could say what, what he, whatever the fuck he wants. Uh, I, I don't think uh, this this era of of sports, even you know, with as much as it's changed or whatnot, is uh, that far removed from that aspect. If you go there and you do your your job, then you know. Who cares what, what anybody saying, says? What I'm getting at is that if his dad has created such fucking t- a toxic fucking environment around this kid, his teammates may not give him the chance to fucking pull his weight. He may to, not to, get drafted. Oh, he's going to get drafted. Someone, someone will take a someone will take a chance on him. I have to believe that. And if How it isn't in the first round, are we going to hear this fool just talk shit? Oh, I'm pretty sure if he doesn't go in the top three, you're going to hear this fool talk shit. Yeah, Lonzo's projected in the top four. But I ain't heard this motherfucker's name before this week. How was it? <laughs> All right. We'll see, I guess. Hey, man, the hype train. Choo-choo, motherfucker, is coming through. <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean, know who this guy was say. before this week. And he's a top four pick. All righty. So... I mean, have we, have we said all we we said all we needed to say about this guy? I, I am going to go on a small rant. It's not a yeah. It's Lavar Ball's done, but the show he was on uh, recently a couple of times is uh, a, a show that I want to address that I have addressed. I've taken Rich's advice to it. Uh, it was first take. Now I've said a few things about Stephen A. Smith, and, and I've tweeted some things about Stephen A. Smith. And I'm going to say it like this. I'm a half-ass sports fan on a half-ass talk show podcast. I will never, I will call a spade a spade. I, I, will, I will say when there's racial undertones or when there's sexism or when there's bias for whatever reason. But you will never hear me have my, my bottom line answer always be one thing. And you'll never hear me ever, without huge factual information, call something racist. If you want to know why racism plays such a huge part in this country, and especially in the sports world, it is because of people like Stephen A. Smith. I have been sickened by watching his show up to the point that I have stopped watching his show. I have tweeted over and over to remove that man from that show. We can argue till the cows come home about what's racist and what's not. Uh, Hiring John Lynch without experience. Hiring Magic Johnson with no office experience. All you want. But when you say that the NFL made a training video on how to celebrate touchdowns and how to celebrate period in the NFL is only a way for them to control the black man, my man... You are a racist. Okay? There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Earl, because there's the much... Watch Stephen A. Smith? No. You, there is as much whites as that, there are well, blacks. How are you surprised by that? That's what he does. He does it like once a week. Something's racist. Like At, at this point, I think he's paid to... He's the only one that's... Rich and I were talking before you jumped on the line. He seems to be the only one that's allowed to have any opinion anymore at ESPN. No, no, no. Like, no I, don't, I got that. But his default answer is racism. Yeah, that's it's been his bread and butter. Like, I guess I just don't see how you're how you're so offended and you're never going to watch him. And he does it every week. That's why I'm not going to watch I mean, him. To me, it's 
at this point, pardon the pun, it's white noise. Like, okay, Stephen Smith has got his fucking, he's been out of shape again about something that's racist that isn't. Like, eh, whatever. That's what the man's paid to do, though, too. He's paid for polarizing opinions. He's not paid to sit on there and go, hey, everything's great. I love everything. I mean, that's what they pay him to do. I'm not saying everything he, I agree with everything the man says, but I mean, that's, he is paid, he is like a professional fl- uh, flame fanner, so to speak. That's, that is why he is on their payroll. I just, I guess I just to see how you're so offended, Earl. I mean, it's, it's, he does it every because week. You, what's, you, what's you, Chris, you always say, I make great leaps. How do I make that leap? I mean, just like here, when I was talking about the kid's suicide, you're like, it's quite a leap. All right, he's making leaps and bounds to racism that I I can't even get I didn't even think could ever be gotten to. But that's what he does. Like I, I'm I'm trying to figure out how you're all of a sudden so offended. Like it's not like he's all of a sudden like he was Mister Nicey Nice and in the last two weeks he's Malcolm X. Dude, this is what he does. I mean you you I mean girl, I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm not trying to persecute you here. I'm just like. You're you're being super offended by something that the man has made his money on doing. I just I guess eh, it's your opinion, I guess, dude. I just I don't I didn't think he was that far into it, but I I mean obviously I haven't watched him long enough. Well, the whole using the, the tape the the <laughs> tape the NFL made on celebrations, the whole using that. And saying that's racist. That's not the first time there's been a tape that comes out was it he cr- from a government. Was he crying racism government. with the Chris Carter thing? It's not the first time a tape like that's come out from a governing body in football that tells you and shows examples of what you can and can't do as far as celebrating. In the eighties they did it because of, you know, Miami, you know, the hurricanes, and there was cries of racism then too. All right. It, it's this is nothing new. This is an old bit. They they pulled it off the shelf. They blew the dust off, and they're getting exactly what they want with it. And this is this is this is. I don't I, Earl. I don't wonder why you're upset by it, but I'm just too cynical to get upset by it because they're doing this cynically. They're doing this for one reason: to piss people like you off, so you'll talk about it. So it becomes a story because they can't keep people's interest with just talking about sports anymore. So they have to become the story. All right. It was called Gonzo journalism when Hunter S. Thompson did it. He's dead. There's only one fucking Gonzo. The rest of them are all sad imitations of that motherfucker. And Stephen A. Smith trying to insert himself in the stories like he's doing is nothing new in the sports world. Mitch Album does it. Rob Parker used to do it. And it's pathetic with whoever does it. The fact that he's trying to fucking cash in on a very heated racially, a very heated racial element going on in this country at the moment, to me, says that he has no fucking, he has no shame. That he's just going to exploit whatever he can to, to get people to talk about him, to get the ratings he wants. And here's the thing. ESPN is going to keep putting him on the air as long as he, because let's be honest here. He's, ne- he's not going to come out in defense of anything that could be even remotely considered a conservative view. He's not going to do that. That's not what he's paid for by ESPN. 
It's not what Disney, who owns ESPN, that's not their agenda that they push, right? So as long as he does and he dances like a good, like, like hey, dance, dance, dance puppet, as long as he does that and he stays within his wheelhouse and he doesn't put color outside of the lines as far as the agenda and the narrative that he's being told he's to present, he's got a place to stay and he's got a paycheck. Okay, and that's fine. And let him collect it. I'm going to watch uh, his former partner and the other black guy on another network. That's all I'm saying. What, Shannon Sharp and uh, Skip Bayless? Yep, yep. And, dude, I mean, hey, as far as I'm concerned, you're doing everything you got the right to do. Right? Twitter is the home of, of, of fake outrage. All right? And I think it's time that people who are tired of you know, someone does something and 10 people on Twitter start a hashtag about it and they get all upset. And then the news reports that the, the people on Twitter, who's these people? This isn't even fucking hundreds of people. It's it, maybe at most dozens. So you know what? Give them a taste of their own medicine. Hey, more power to you, man. Do Do your thing. I ain't mad at you because fuck it. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. And it's, it's getting real tiresome of all this fake outrage being manufactured on Twitter. And anytime anyone fucking says anything, everything being fucking looked through the prism of race and gender and homophobia and, and Republican and Democrat. And it's, dude, it's just, it's gotten old. So give it back to them in spades, man. Let them chew on some of their own fucking, they, they've been shoving that shit sandwich down our throat. Take a bite, motherfuckers. Knock Absolutely. yourself out, dude. But see, I mean, and Chris, the answer to your question is why I'm so appalled now is because some things I could see. All right, I could see where John Lynch, yeah, white, all right. you know, And some of the things he sees, I, I can get there. But he is so far out there, so far, that I can't even... I mean, he's saying that Colin Kaepernick isn't signed because all white billionaires are the only people that own... NFL teams, and that's the only reason that motherfucker's not signed. Um, can, we, can I point out something real quick about Colin Kaepernick that gets lost in the shuffle here? He opted out of his contract. He was not cut from the 49ers, okay? And I have watched and listened yeah, to enough. Yeah, he peaced t- out. He left. Okay? I have watched and listened to enough sport, sports talking heads and, and, and sports talk radio to hear people call in to see people who are paid professionals to talk about sports, which means they should get their facts rights, say things like, he's been cut. He was never cut. He opted out of his contract. Okay? He could have stayed in San Francisco. There's at least one owner who is willing to keep paying his ass. He said, no, thank you. He wants 9 to $10 million a year, and he wants to start. That's his criteria to sign. He is not holding the cards in this fucking case. Yet he's trying to dictate the terms, okay? It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Th- those, these are facts that are overlooked in this story. The people just fucking sweep under the rug because they want to fucking say racism because it gets people on both sides riled up. The facts are he has no ground. He has no fucking higher ground to, to bargain from, yet he's trying to. He's put himself in this position. And really, he's a, we, we've, gone, we've gone over it. He's a one-dimensional quarterback that you can't have as a backup just to plug and play. And Joe Thomas said it best. If you're going to be a backup in the NFL, 
you provide zero distractions. If you provide one distraction, that is one too many for a backup quarterback. Collect your check, hold your clipboard, shut the fuck up and sit on the bench until we need you. That's your job as a backup quarterback in the NFL. I thought we were talking about Colin Kaepernick, not Tony Romo. Oh. But all these facts, no, no, we sweep them under the rug. Because like you said, man, Stephen A. Smith, he's going to get off on on some racial shit. Why? Because it's going to get viewers. It, go back and watch the movie Private Parts with Howard Stern. Average person listens to the radio 15 minutes at a time. Average Howard Stern listener, 45 minutes. Average person who hates Howard Stern, hour and a half. Answer given from both pe- both groups of people. I want to see what he says next. People in the media learn their lesson from that. All right, that was that was Howard Stern's shtick in the early '80s. It still works in the late tw- in, in the late 2010s. Nothing new is going on here. It's just Stephen A. Smith is putting a little tiny bit of a new spin on it because he's fucking he he knows. Hey, look. I can get up and say racism, and I'm, I'm immune from criticism in some people's eyes because if you criticize me, that makes you racist. And this ain't the show. I'm not out here calling him out his name. I'm not calling him any racial slur. I'm saying he's a fucking hypocrite. I agree with you on that one. And on top of that, I don't even think he's really a hypocrite because to be a hypocrite, you have to really believe the shit you're talking. What's worse is I think he's a fucking charlatan. He's, he's the Jim Baker of ESPN. He's willing to put, sell you fucking holy water. And put his hands on you and heal you if the price is right. The price is right. He'll say whatever the fuck the, the, the people at the top tell him to fucking say. He don't believe none of this shit. I truly don't believe that. And to back that up, there's been people on Sports Talk Radio in Detroit who've known guys who... Rob Parker was our local version of Stephen A. Smith. And he went to ESPN and he went hard. He went harder than Stephen Smith to the point where it cost him his job. All right. People in the in the in the in the sports talk industry here in Detroit said there's two Rob Parkers. There's the Rob Parker that's on the air whose job is to get ratings, and there's the Rob Parker off the air, who's a sensible, intelligent, knowledgeable sports sports fan, journalist, human being. And I truly believe that about Stephen A. Smith. The problem is he presents himself as he is being genuine. I don't buy it. Sorry. Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining, right? And I, I stating it again, dude. I, 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 I agree with you. He, he's he, you just throw out the word racism, and boom, you're guaranteed to have a hot button topic. You're guaranteed to have a clip on social media, a forty second soundbite clip to throw out there to get people commenting on it and get clicks for your website. Well, that's all this, this is about. Person. He's completely turned me off, and that sucks because Max Kellerman's a hell of a guy, has great opinions and and, and great explanations, and they have great you know uh, show guests as well. But uh, I, I won't be watching that show anymore. And hey, and if he does it enough, guys like you take stances, take a stance like that, he won't be he won't get to be on ESPN anymore. But I just, I'm kind of with Rich, man. This is what he does. I don't pay attention to him. It's, you know, it it, it means nothing to me. Like, he, it's it's kind of like the thing of he's cried wolf so many times, I don't believe him. Yeah, okay, Stephen A. Smith, it's racist, whatever. Like, that. that's kind of where I'm at whenever I hear him go off anymore, really. No, that's a good point. Yeah, everything to that man is racist. I mean, everything. He got a higher percentage rate 
on his car because he's black. Not because of his credit score, not because of the how much down payment or how little down payment, but just because he's black. I can't. I just can't anymore. You know, right. at first Wait, I was kind of like, yeah, meh, 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 all right. Uh, that's okay, kind of it's kind of funny that you can get there, but okay. And now it's on, just like, all right, man, stop. Fuck. Earl, Earl, are you, are you, did he seriously say that shit on there about his car? Or no, are you I'm just, saying are you just everything being a smart to ass? that man is, is that way. Okay. I wouldn't okay. be surprised I, if he did. I was going to say, if he went, if he went off on his car, <laughs> his car notes fucking <laughs> interest rate jesus christ <laughs> espn's gotten worse than i thought <laughs> no every big topic every single big topic it's because it's racism that's why like There's like a- the uh the the story i want to talk about about nba players resting it's only a big problem because lebron is resting because he's the black man's taking time off he said that on air like, you're out of your fucking mind. It became a big story when a white man sat his entire bench. But yet you're claiming that it's because of LeBron James, a black man, is what he said. No, dude. Now, wow. now you're just distorting the facts to get your, your, your message out. Now I can't even begin to watch you anymore. If he legit said that, that is, yeah, I mean, that is... He's got a whole fishing boat sitting. He's just throwing hooks with bait on out of the, out of ESPN Studios. I, I, I mean, that's that's like on par with like you know 4chan trolling. Seriously, that's not even fucking. That's not even witty trolling. That's just saying like you know. You see someone post on Facebook. You see they're a black person in their in their profile picture, and you throw out a racial slur. That that's not witty. It's not intelligent. It's not ironic. It's not edgy. It's just you being an asshole. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, man! How many fucking in every sport they have sat players before? This is nothing new. This isn't the first time this has fucking happened. This isn't even the first time an entire fucking starting lineup has sat. All right, so. For him to even come off with that shit, yeah, he's on some other shit, man. That motherfucker, seriously, he, wow. Okay, I'm done. Right, and, right. And that's my my whole small rant on him was I'm done. I just, I can't even. I watch, I'll watch your, your former co-host because whether I agree with him or not, it's not going to be the same song and dance every fucking time. And messing up, you know, the facts of, of the story to get you there. You know, it, it's kind of a shtick. It's kind of a funny thing with me and and New England and, you know, the tinfoil hat. Did they throw the game, didn't they, and all that? And at the end of every football conversation we have, I got to say something about Bill Belichick and the Patriots. That's kind of like he is with racism. Yeah, but there's a and, difference, dude. That's a bit, and we acknowledge that. I mean, you know, and, and if you have a genuine opinion about Bill Belichick, Patriots, Tom Brady, you let it be known, okay? But, I mean, there's a lot of times when this, the subject of that shit comes up and our tongue is firmly in our cheek. I don't think his tongue is anywhere near the inside of his cheek on any of this shit. Okay, and that's what makes it, that's what, that's what makes it, and I'm going to walk up to the edge and not say dangerous, but that's what makes it 
gives it the possibility of being dangerous because you're, you're walking up to the edge of inciting people and pissing people off. And why? Ultimately for ratings. That's it. Cause that's the bottom line with television. That's the bottom line in media period. Never let anybody listening to us who thinks that that's not true. You are fooling yourself. Okay. There is no one on the air. That's not on a, a maybe public access. Maybe that. That's the only place they don't give a fuck about ratings. But everybody else, there is no one on air out of the kindness of anybody's heart. It's you're here because we think you can either A, sell product, B, draw enough people in to look at the advertising that our advertisers are paying for, or C, push an agenda. That's all there is to it. It is There is no altruistic reason why they're on the air. Yeah, but the problem with Stephen A. Smith pushing that agenda, dude, is that there are a lot of people that will take that and run. That's what I said. I'm not yeah. going to say that it's dangerous that he goes off and he says shit like that, but he is he is flirting with, with basically, you know, taking a pissed off crowd and handing out fucking pitchforks and torches and going, hey, we know where they where they're, where they're keeping them, don't we? We know, we know where Frankenstein's monsters at, don't we? You know, let's let's get the villagers together here. I mean, he's dude. That come on, man. Seriously, to fucking to take take a team resting players and try to put a racial spin on it. I mean, if he did that, serious, and and there's been no backlash. There's been none that I've seen in the sports media online whatsoever. I don't know. I, I, I that's that's amazing to me. I mean, I'm putting on my tinfoil hat. Does ESPN have the ability to scrub the internet of shit it doesn't like? I mean, people say hey, it's impossible d- to do Disney that. Disney happened. You never know. Uh, that's what I'm saying. People say it's impossible to do that, but it has been known to happen. Prince did a goddamn good job of scrubbing the internet of everything he didn't that. want on there when he was still alive. Find a Prince song online, just one. Well, you can now because his estate is hoarding him out. He's on Google Music. Found that out the other day, but no. Uh, before he died, this one who produces three podcasts, it was a motherfucker trying to find a print song before he died. Literally, the no, day it's... he died. The day he died is when I could type in Prince on YouTube and not see some cell phone camera video with shitty sound quality and video quality. And, you know, it, it, it had like three hits. You had to dig through the fucking results that you got back. You know, Metallica couldn't even do it. Prince did it. Come on now. Well, I'm just, I, I can't, the fact that there's been no discussion of him saying shit like that and no, no blowback because of it. It tells you right there that sports media is firmly in the pocket of the quote unquote liberal media. I can't even make an argument against that. And I, and I lean farther, way farther to the left than most people on this podcast. And I would guess either of you on most issues. Yet this is fucking insanity because it's getting to the point where you don't hear two sides of any story. You hear one side and you're told that's how you have to think. And if you don't think that way, then you're you're this ist or you're this phobe, and you're labeled yep. and you're marginalized and you're told to go sit down and shut up. Your 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 opinion doesn't matter anymore. And that's that's scary because that is that is dealing in absolutes and that is. That is taking sports, which we've talked about as entertainment, ultimately interjecting politics into it and indoctrinating the youth who are watching this 
in that way of thinking. That's a scary fucking thought. Yeah, the nail head on the head there, man. Like that's what we said on several other podcasts on this podcast before. We are in we are in new scary times. And yeah. It just yeah. I don't wanna tread over any carpet we've already worn down to a hole in the floor. Well, I can interrupt with this breaking news from ESPN. NHL alert that says Red Wings are officially eliminated from playoff contention. First time in 25 years. <laughs> hey, ESPN, we already knew that. We knew a month ago. Right. ESPN's telling us Clay Aiken's gay. Hey, no, we already know. Thanks. <laughs> and further breaking news from ESPN, water is wet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I knew, I knew that was coming, and I mean every every Detroit water is not Red wet Wings according fan. according to Stephen A. Smith because it's black ice. <laughs> snow is racist. Look at all this snow. Look at all this white snow. It's racist. Um, no, that's, that's no Stephen yeah, A. Smith. It's not racist. There's black snow. It's called ash. Ask the Jews. Oh, I mean the the Red Wings. Any Red Wings fan who went into this season very confident that they were going to make the playoffs is just a homer. And they, they were they were chugging that fucking Homer Kool-Aid and, and lathering up in that Homer butter butter. That's all there is to it. I mean okay, I man. called it before the season even started that I was like, this is the year they don't make the playoffs. They just don't they don't have the players, they don't have the coaching. It's just not there, man. I mean, once I saw their their off season and the moves that they couldn't make going into the into the season, I was like, oof. Yeah, it's been a good run, but it's over with. And I mean, I I'm not that upset about it. How can I, how can you be upset with a 25 year run, four cups in that time period? I mean, how many Hall of Famers did you get to watch in their prime play in here? You know, how many great memories did you get out of that 25 years? How to how bring back could, to bring back a saying from the mid 90s? I ain't mad at you. Yeah how how could you how can you? I was literally about to say it? the same thing, Earl. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I have seen people on message boards and social media who are pissed about it. And they're like, well, God damn it, blah, blah, blah. We're, at, we're, we're, we're excellence. We're supposed to be excellent all the time. And, and I'm like, what are you, Bill and Ted? First of all, stop that shit. Second of all, nothing lasts forever, man. Okay. Everything has a beginning. Everything has an end. All right. It's all there is to it. What are you, the Matrix? Well, I, the person who doesn't die can come back and fucking argue with me about that fact then. How about that? All right. It, 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 things start. They have a lifespan. They end. Okay. And 25 years is longer than I think anyone was giving them who remembers them back in the early 80s. And anyone who goes back even further remembers the 70s when they were the dead things. No one probably thought that a 25-year playoff streak was in the cards for them at any point in the rest of the history of that franchise. So, but since we're on uh, hockey, you're, you're right. Everything that, that, you know, comes to an end, all the great since, dynasties come to an end. Since we're on hockey, uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh -oh. I, I, like, I, like I told you guys, I, I've never seen, okay. Crosby this week, after we got done recording last episode later that night, Crosby decided to spear a guy in his crotch. A few days after that, 
He slashed the guy so hard, he amputated part of his finger. Not only is there no retribution from the, from, from the league, but there's not even any from players. I've never in the history of 40 years of watching hockey and watching and a lot of classic games reading about the history of the game have ever seen a player with, with the carte blanche to go around and do what he does and never is held responsible for anything when anything he does. I've never seen this. And I don't, I, I don't care how much of a homer you are. I don't care how much you try to explain it away with saying every game there's slashes, how many players get, how many players get suspended for slashing. Okay. It, you might you might you might have been able to use that argument in the 80s and I'd have let you get away with it this is 2017 this is the era we have had the instigator rule the third man in when the fights break out rule for decades now you don't get to hide behind this is a fucking violent sport it's not the 70s this is not slap shot you don't get away with this shit anymore yet he does and i, I this is just another reason that I was on the fence about 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 re-upping my cable for the playoffs. I will be reading and, f- and following the playoffs online. I'll be damned if I'm going to pay any money to any cable company to watch this shit show because this is fucking ridiculous. This is this is the, the NHL should be ashamed of itself. It is clearly has a and, and we're not talking Jordan rules to where you can't follow him. We're talking he's allowed to amputate another player's finger with, impun- with impunity, to spear another guy up under his cup in his groin with impunity. And the only thing that, that gets talked about any of it is I see articles and sound bites online of people from ESPN and Fox Sports coming out and defending him and saying he shouldn't be suspended. Meanwhile, you get a guy who gets ran, who gets charged, ran face first into the boards, turns around, socks the guy that did it. He's on suspension. There's a reason if you fucking run someone into the boards that you can get the gate because you could kill somebody that way. All right. And the last time I heard, if you turn around, drop your gloves and sock a guy, yeah, you get the two, you might get the instigator penalty. You might get the game, you might get the gate for the game, but a suspension for that? You can you can use your fucking stick as a weapon twice in a week and have people fucking sit there and stand up and stomp their feet and light a match and defend you? Fuck the NHL and fuck Sidney Crosby. Well, Earl's not watching ESPN. You're not going to watch the NHL. It's boycott week. Damn. What are you giving up for, for it now, Chris? No, I already don't pay attention to half the damn sports anyway. I stopped watching Sports Center when we started doing this podcast because I realized it was fucking useless except for eleven o'clock. Does that count? And it, it really is true. It, you can pretty much get m- better, more in-depth coverage online. And if you really, if you really have to have that person talking to you, you know. I mean, you can watch highlights without the commentary, but if you really have to have that commentary to run along with the highlights, you can find it online. It's not through ESPN. It's not through Fox Sports, right? There are at least the national Fox Sports. You can you can watch local Fox Sports from the market that you're you're watching highlights from. There's other places to find this, and I'm sorry, I just 
I mean, I've, I've never, this ain't a boycott. I'm not calling for a boycott of the NHL. I'm going to, I'm just saying I'm not supporting this shit. I'm not doing it. This is ridiculous. This is someone who he can, he, it's going to take him ending someone's career and someone damn near killing him to where it, it carries over from off the ice into a courtroom. Like what happened with Bertuzzi, like what happened with McSorley and Brashear, it's it's going to take that type of a situation for the NHL to do something about it. And I guarantee you, typical to the NHL, they will overcorrect the situation, water down the game further, and encourage and encourage this type of cheap shotting and bullshit artistry from these fucking hacks that are out there, who know that they're completely protected by the refs. By the front office and by the, by the league office in Toronto, because you can't even you can't even as a player make a uh, someone who does that told your teammate answer for that anymore. I want you to think about this. We just passed the twenty year anniversary of, of the Red Wings and Avalanche brawl at Joe Louis Arena. That entire team would have been, or everybody on the ice would have been suspended in today's game. Everybody. That yeah, entire, I, I, I don't think half Lemieux and uh, Riccardi might not even be playing anymore. Yeah. They might be suspended. The only reason Lemieux would 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 still have a career is because he turtled and he didn't fight back. Why would have a career because he's the he's he's arguably the greatest goalie the NHL has ever produced or ever seen. So they're not going to cut his career short. But the rest of that season, if the NHL was as serious about shit as they claim they are, and that shit happened today. In today's climate, players would not only be suspended for the rest of the season's games, but for playoff games. That would have changed the course of history right there. You would have had the Red Wings and the Avalanche going into their first round series without their starting goaltenders. No Shanahan, no Deadmarsh, no McCarty, no Draper. I mean, you know, core guys to to these teams. No, uh uh-uh, see ya. You're going to have to sit. Right, and I, I just, I don't know. I, I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that when I saw, when I saw him spear a guy in the crotch from behind, and heard people defending him. I was like, okay, that's it. That's it. We can't get any more stupid than this. This is this is. There's no more level of 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 Homer faggotry than where we're at right now. And then I saw him amputate the tip of a guy's hand with a slash. And then I saw it grow, get even worse than what it was. And I just, I, I can't, I, dude, I can't even defend it. I can't even, I can't, gun to my head, if I was on, an, on a debate team, I couldn't argue from the side of defending Crosby because I don't see any way to defend him. Besides, he's on my team and he's my favorite player, so he can do no wrong. I just, I don't. Well, let's be honest, and, Rich. The guy shouldn't have been standing in front of him. And what was the guy thinking holding his stick? Come on. Yeah, I know. I know. I know he shouldn't have been wearing that dress and he shouldn't have been drunk and he shouldn't have been walking alone in that neighborhood. He was asking for it. I got you. <laughs> that goes to the, you know, I just tripped and fell into the pussy. It, you know, that happens. Yep. Nothing's ever his fault. Everything happens to him. And, and you know, the, you know, the, the, <laughs> you know, the beauty of this is for, all his shit, he still isn't at the top of the fucking heap of, this, of scoring this season. Connor McDavid's got him by six points, you know, and is the NHL... is there fucking, another guy named Austin? 
Oh, he's on the Leafs. Austin Matthews. Uh, well, Austin Matthews has got 34 goals. Crosby has 42. Okay. Crosby, think about that. Crosby has 42 goals, 82 points altogether. Connor McDavid has 88 points, 62 assists. Now, what type of player does Connor McDavid sounds like? Sound like a player who's a team player who passes, gets the puck spread around, creates plays for the other people on his line. He's such a good player, he makes other players around him better. Crosby, he's got way more goals than assists. Hmm. Sounds like he's fucking a puck hog. But it'll never be portrayed as that. I mean, these, these are things that you just that, 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 that get overlooked. And I don't know if it's because of metrics in, in sports anymore or people just don't want to look at the cold, hard numbers and see the facts. That's the reason that plus minus is kept and assists are kept. There was a reason for those fucking stats being there, right? And in, he's not in the top 10 in plus minus. He's not in the top 10 in assists. I mean... He scores goals and he takes cheap shots, and that's that's your leader. That's that's the face of the NHL. I don't know. You know, all I can hope is that the, the young guys coming up, like like you mentioned, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, you know, guys like Tarasenko, uh, Kane. Well, <laughs> Patrick Kane, he's he's got a lot of off ice baggage. There's no way they would ever make him the fucking face of the NHL. Uh, Alex Ovechkin, you know, uh, sadly. He's a European-born player. If he was a Canadian-born player, the the argument would be, when is Crosby going to be as good as Ovechkin? And how Crosby's not as an all-around as good player as Ovechkin. But because he's a European-born player, and there's such a bias towards North American players, especially players from Canada, Crosby gets all the attention. But like I was saying, Tarasenko's not going to—he's not going to get the attention, you know. But guys like Connor McDavid, McDavid. Austin Matthews, young guys coming up, maybe they can. And I mean, if, if so far, stats seem to me to, to 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 say that Connor McDavid's doing a hell of a lot more in his rookie year than Crosby did in his rookie year. And Crosby was also skating alongside Mario Lemieux in his rookie year. Let's not forget that. So he played that long. No, he had to he had to coach, right? Lemieux. No. No, he came he out of retirement. He played in 2008. No, Crosby's Damn. first season was 2005-2006 season. He came out oh, of retirement. Right. He came out of retirement to play with him that season and put him up in his own home. So he was he was taken completely under Lemieux's wing. There's no excuse for Crosby to be the player he is except for that he's just a he's just a bitch-made motherfucker. Lemieux is not okay. You can call him I mean Lemieux was a lot of the reason that the rule changes happened in the mid nineties and then again in the mid two thousands because he would bitch about the clutching and grabbing and the trap, you know, defense. But ultimately Mario Lemieux was not a bitch made motherfucker. I never remember that being labeled against him on a, on a, on a regular basis from every team in the league that he wasn't on. The only people I see defending Sidney Crosby are Pittsburgh fans or Sidney Crosby fans. And, and people in the sports media who, let's be honest, if you had to, if, if they had to tell you who was leading the league in save percentage or goals against average, they couldn't even pronounce the guy's last name. And that's Sergey Bobrowski, on, by the way. So, I mean, it's, it, it, I don't know. It's a joke. And 
It's it's just really pathetic. I I, I can't I can't believe the, the how low the fucking NHL is sunk. And yeah, it's not going to get any better as long as fans keep going out and seeing this fucking shitty product that's being put out. And these special set aside rules for a single player in the entire league to get away with shit. Every league has one, Rich. And I accept that as far as he's going to get the calls, they're going to turn a blind eye towards his diving and shit like that. When he's out there doing stuff that could is is permanently injuring people, and he's not even he's not even being held accountable on the ice by other players. I have an issue with that. And you can't tell me if he was skating around and was doing shit like this in the eighties, that guys like Grimson and Kaiser, okay, guys like Parker, Tony Twist wouldn't have fucking beat the shit out of this motherfucker. I mean, beat him so bad his asshole would be sucking fucking buttermilk. Like the fucking punk ass bitch he is, but he gets away with it because, well, this is Batman's NHL. This is this is basketball on ice, folks. Enjoy it. Yeah. Well, it is. Yeah, it definitely is that because NBA has LeBron James, the NFL has uh, Tom Brady, and for a long time, Major League had Barry Bonds. Every league has one. Is there a new one in the in the in the uh, majors? Has someone replaced Barry Bonds yet? Uh, Mike Trout. But, 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 but Mike, I was going to say Trout. Mike Trout really has he done anything to to no to be a, to be an asshole? That's See, I'm thinking more Bryce Harper. And Bryce Harper in the last two seasons yeah. has been a giant asshole. Yeah, but he gets called on it. I mean, like in the media. See, this is that's the only that's see really honestly. That's the only thing that's going to change this type of shit in sports is if the media starts pointing this out every single time it happens because so many people get their opinion by listening to people who are handed a script to talk to them through the TV and tell them their opinion. They don't form their opinion based on their own knowledge of sports. They watch ESPN, they watch Fox Sports, and they go, oh, that's how I'm supposed to think. And because ESPN and Fox Sports are pointing this out, and I'm not just talking about in the NHL, I'm talking about in all sports, that there is a set of rules for superstars and a set of rules for the rest of the league. You know, there is a set of rules for certain players, and then there's a set of rules for the superstars. And then there's ultimately the king the king on top of the fucking shit pile who gets away with murder and then there's everybody else underneath them as long as they don't point that out the the average you know sports fan like i said who gets their opinion from these talking heads they're not going to give a fuck they're just going to parrot what they hear on ESPN and go hey i'm i'm such an original thinker i'm thinking outside of the box why because ESPN told me to yeah pretty much whether it's ESPN or MSNBC or CNN, that kind of attitude's pretty prevalent in everything nowadays. Here are my talking points. This is what I will talk about. That is it. This is my opinion. Heaven forbid we get information from several sources and form our own opinion, but again, we're straying into a different podcast. Well, you know, and it's just like the women's national team, women's national hockey team. All right, we, t- we touched on it uh, on another episode, and I went and I did some digging. And I went digging beyond just the, as Chris, as you so aptly called them, the talking points that people on both sides have been, have been just parroting at each other 
online and through various forms of media for the last couple of weeks. And I went and I looked at the hard facts and numbers of the situation. Here's the deal. There is a female hockey league, the National Women's Hockey League. There are four teams in the National Women's Hockey League. Okay. Why is that important? Because a lot of the young players on the men's national hockey team have already been drafted and have signed contracts with teams in the NHL. That's where they make most of their money. Okay. They get paid the, the, I mean, lion's share of what they get paid comes from their contracts with their teams or if they're in the ECH, you know, East Coast Hockey League, American Hockey League, Ontario Hockey League, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Then they get what they get from the U.S. national team, which is $1,000 a month for six, for six months every four years. Now, here's where, it gets, here's where it gets dicey. They fly business, and they can bring one person. They have a plus one, basically, that they can bring with them. And that U.S. men's hockey team puts up and pays for them to do all that. The women's hockey team has to fly coach, and they have to share fucking rooms with each other. Now, the argument that I had seen put out was, well, look at the, look at the draw. It, it, does the women's team draw as much as the men's team? Because if they don't, then pay them pay them according to what they draw. The argument against that is, well, it's a nonprofit organization. This is from the American Olympic Committee. The job is to prepare all our teams to compete for the gold regardless of what they draw. But let's be honest, it's a business. Bottom line is somebody's getting paid, somebody's collecting money at those gates. And somebody knows that the women's hockey team isn't making as much money as the men's hockey team when they play a game. And that's a deciding factor in a lot of how they are paid. Now... The women want $68,000 a year, plus benefits, plus time off if they have a family. The reason that people are bristling at that is because who's going to pay for that? Where's that money going to come from? That money is not going to come from the money that's generated by the women's U.S. hockey team. That money's going to have to come from someplace else. It's generated by another sport or a men's version of that sport. And on top of that, the men don't even make that much money. Now, if you want to give them the same training facilities, give them the same travel stipend, give them the same per diem, give them the same, uh, set, set the bar the same as far as people they can bring with them, and that the, the, you know, the U.S. national team will pay for, I'm all for that. But to give them 68 grand a year each player, because they say, well, that way they don't have to have an, an, a normal job, they can just train for hockey. These hockey players that are playing for the men's national team, they have... Other jobs, it's just they have jobs playing for leagues that actually draw people and put asses in the seats. The National Women's Hockey League just had their championship game. They didn't even draw over 500 people. All right, come on now. But see, that's not the way this—that's not the way this story has been presented. And the fact that Earl brought it up last week and the way he brought it up tells me that's not the way it's presented. Because I guarantee you, they didn't say any of these facts when uh, when Earl was fucking listening to this story being told to him on TV. Not a I get. I guarantee you they didn't get into the hard numbers of the situation. See, this is how come when shit comes up like that, I kept my mouth shut and I just said, on, on the surface, this is how it looks. Then I went home and I did my fucking homework on my own. And I see the numbers of the situation and it doesn't pan out. But here's the deal. there the, You have 
you have players from the national women's team boycotting. You have threats from certain players from the men's national team that they're going to boycott. It's the cause du jour at the moment, so they caved. To what extent they caved, I don't know. I haven't been able to look into that. I just saw that they caved to the demands a couple hours before we went on the air. And a couple of hours of rooting around online I did is not enough for me to get on here with any authority and say I can tell you what's going on. But I can tell you that the whole reason that that this was – the whole reason this was brought up is it was portrayed as this is gender inequality. And really, let's be honest here, this was you don't make as much money for us as the men's team does. You want to talk about gender inequality, let's go back to when the women's soccer team was making less to play games than the men's soccer team. And the women's soccer team far outdrew and brought in way more money for the U.S. Olympic Committee than the men's team did. Yeah, that was gender inequality. That was some bullshit. That was some old white men going, we're going to pay these women, excuse me, these girls less than the men's team. I, don't, I can't buy that that's what's going on with the women's hockey team. Women's hockey is such a niche sport. I mean, it is. When you, when you can't draw over 500 people to a championship, that is a problem. There are high school championships locally here in Michigan that draw more people than that. Go to a Catholic yeah. Central game. I mean, come on. Cass Tech basketball draws more than that. So, once again, everybody listening, just remember, you're being told what to think and how to think. And you better be in lockstep with it, because if you don't, you're a sexist and a racist and a homophobe. Because fuck the facts. We've got, you go back to bed, to quote Bill Hicks, go back to bed, America. Instead of the government, the media has it all figured out for you. Yeah, just like you're fucking told to uh, care about the NCAA women's tournament this time of year. No, it's. I was at a bar on Saturday eating lunch, and they had the games on. Those arenas were fuck. The UConn game was empty. UConn it was on like a hundred and one game, fucking win streak as far as the women's team go. That arena was fucking empty. Like, I get it, equality, all that stuff. But when it, yeah, Rich, it's it, it's a business, supply and demand. All right. Yeah, but when you know who's who's going to win, it's not worth going to watch. If anybody but the UConn women win that championship, then it'll be a story. Yeah, and it'll be a very you know, unless that game is a blowout against against UConn, what's going to happen is you're going to have a lot of people who are going to say, "I watched that game," that really didn't. It's going to be the uh, it's going to be like the malice at the palace. You know how many people said that they were there when that shit broke out between the Pacers and the Pistons? If as many people that have have told me personally, and I've heard claim were there, were actually there, they would have been able to fill the big house with with uh, with as many people, that many people. And there's no way the palace seats a hundred thousand, hundred ten thousand people. So, I mean, it's just it's you're right. It's and hey, look. The UConn's women team is putting up amazing numbers. I mean, it is it is that is a stupid streak. That is a streak that male, female, it's amazing. All right, but there's just not an audience for it like there is men's basketball. And why we have to pretend there is, I'll never understand. I mean, that's the thing. If I was on that team, I would be insulted. Don't act like we have the audience that the men's fucking basketball team has, all right? Because what, what you're doing is, you're t- is instead of 
instead of actually going, hey, look at this, you might you might want to witness history in the making. You're saying, well, they're just as fucking, they're just as valid as the men are, so you can go ahead and keep on not giving a fuck. No, hype it up. Let's get some more asses in the seats. But that's not the way. That's not the way the world works at this moment in time. So, <laughs> or possibly ever again. But jury's still out on that one. All right. What else we got, gentlemen? Should we, is it time to do a baseball preview yet, or is that next week? Well, okay, let me ask a question. What, was there riots with the University of Kentucky fans after their loss? If there were, they didn't make the news. Okay, maybe I'm because I, I I thought I had heard something about uh, Kentucky fans going after one of the referees' companies, something like that. I mean, am I the only one that heard that? Stand by, I'm looking it up. I haven't heard that. Well, I mean, then let's just. I know it's a pain in the ass, Chris, but make this an edit point. If if none of us have heard it, let's not do our homework on the air and then try to fucking sit here and form an opinion because we're going to sound like idiots. Well, attempting UK riots in, in uh, Google. Whoops, forgot there's a, the, the United Kingdom. Yeah, the <laughs> Brexit riots. As it turns out, the Brits were pretty pissed off that Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, who knew they even followed basketball over there? Let's see. Last, uh, yeah, the uh, University of Kentucky riots, not since uh, 2015. So, yeah, maybe maybe it was someone covering something thinking there was a riot, but, I mean, there's nothing big enough to make Google News. Maybe somebody burned a couch in Louisville or some shit like that. I don't know. That happens. <laughs> it probably happens uh, during basketball and football season at uh, Michigan State at least once a week, so that's no big deal. It don't even have to be basketball or football season. That just happens once a week at a party at, at Michigan State. <laughs> Yeah, school will be getting out here in a few weeks. We'll probably just burn a couch just because. Hey, we're out of school. See you in the fall. They don't feel like moving it. <laughs> and you know what? That's not far from the truth, man. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm talking about? Off moving me out of the dorm? <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. I, you know what, though, guys? On, on the real, uh, with the shit show that's become the NHL, uh, the terrible coverage of the NBA, and uh, the what the fuck is in the NFL. I don't know. I think uh, Major League Baseball is going to take off here. Well, I mean, it's the only league that really hasn't, well, I say really hasn't fucked with the game that much, but they've taken the intentional walkout. But there's ways around that. You get it over the plate, way over the plate, way under the plate, way inside, way outside. So you can still walk. I don't know. I don't know how down I am for these new rule changes of baseball. But then again, I'm sure the purists when the DH showed up were all shaking their fists and going, "You're ruining the game." Oh. So I just, I just, I just don't know how down I am with that. Uh, uh, what is it? That extra inning rule in the World Baseball Classic that supposedly they're already doing it in uh, some of the minor leagues. I don't know how I feel about that, but that's not in a part of baseball this year. But we'll see. Well, not yet, at least. But I do think I do think it's interesting that, the, yeah, taking out of the intentional walk is the most controversial thing that's happened to baseball. Uh, Any, you know, since the Cubs won the World Series, and I mean, 
no league has has escaped the uh you know the fuckery of the off season or the fuckery that goes on during the season for in that period of time besides baseball which is ironic considering that how many times baseball was on the hot seat in the mid 90s up through the mid 2000s you know between the strike in the mid 90s and the steroid use afterwards you know now they're the the good kid on the block at least for the time being yeah, no, I, I, I definitely see Major League uh, getting a boost because there's nothing you can really do or change about that game that's going to change the game. Like, you know, the NHL taking out, you know, they took out fighting for a while. Now it's back. But uh, the two-line pass is gone. No, the you NHL know, never don't have took to out touch fighting. It's just they did their best to regulate it into out of existence and – they're still doing that. It's just not working very well. Right. The the no touch icing and you know they they could change NHL. Uh, NBA players can sit. You know uh, you can't touch this person, but you can touch this person all you want. Uh, football, you, you can't river dance. You know they could change all of the games except for baseball. Baseball is, you know, it's really. You're going to see one of your favorite players on the field. Somebody's going to throw it real hard. Eventually, somebody's going to hit it. And, and if the other person doesn't catch it, well, your team might win. I mean, that game's just pretty cut and dry, right? Eh. Uh, they've been trying the last 10 years to fuck it up. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, taking out the intentional walk, and, I mean, there's some other things. But, I mean, baseball's pretty much cut and dry. You know, There's controversy whether it's a catch or not in football, you know. Megatron catches a ball in the end zone. His ass touches. His hand touches. His legs are down. He rolls over. He throws really the ball do. away. Shit, shit from seven years ago? Really? Well, that's why it's debatable what's a catch now, dude. Because of that catch. So, yeah. I don't know. Really. Earl, you, you have this gloom and dude attitude about things sometimes. That's you did, that, I think another nickname... We could come up for you as Chicken Little sometimes. Because it's, it's so many things. You do know that's not, why they came up with that, trying to define what a catch is, right? No, I know, but you talk about it week after week, like, oh, football's going to hell. This is going to hell. This, like, what, what, do you, what do you watch the sports for anymore? I guess it's. Well, that's my you, whole you point. Paint, you paint a picture of somebody week. who doesn't have fun watching sports anymore, so why do you still do it? That's just it, dude. Every week they come out with something new where it's like, fuck, really? You're changing this too? Whatever. Things change, man. You know, black guys used to not be allowed to play baseball. <laughs> shit, shit happens. Things change. Rules change. Yeah, appropriate on number 42. Thanks, Jackie. Yeah. But, you know, basketball used to be a bunch of five foot six white dudes. <laughs> All right? Shit changes. I guess it's. I don't know. Maybe I just, maybe I'm just happily, you know, at a level of disconnection. But I'm, it's, oh. it, it, you seem to say the sky has fallen a lot there, Earl. Which just, it's, you know, it's still fun to uh, watch. I mean, if it comes down to it, if stuff wasn't fun to watch, you wouldn't watch it. Uh, you know, I'm going to quote Stevie Ray here. I'm going to say the sky is crying. So you're still going to watch the Tigers. You're still going to watch the Wings. You're still going to watch the Lions. Yeah, oh, that, except Rich. Rich. Rich, no longer watching hockey. That uh, that I do find funny when uh, I hear people say, and it inevitably happens here in Detroit, 
usually it starts about a quarter way into the season that people will say that they are done with the Lions or they are Lions free. And yet they're the ones that every time I see them and the subject of the Lions come up, they can tell me every single fucking thing that's going on from the front office to the clubhouse to what happened on the field in yesterday's game. But they're Lions free and they're done with the Lions. I will never say it. Oh, no, I'm in no means referring to you. No, you're you're a true blue through and through Homer, dude. I mean, that's just all that's just all there is to it. You're like the mother that, that could walk in on their kid like red-handed with a knife buried in someone's throat, and she's gonna go, "Oh, baby, we gotta hide this body." And that way, you know, and then lie her ass off. That way, her little baby boy doesn't go to prison. That's how you are with the lions. So, no, I'm mean, I'm not in any way referring. <laughs> I, to you. I am that bad. <laughs> You're, you're telling Caldwell, let's hide this body real quick, man. Quick, quick, before Martha Ford comes around the corner. No, Look, Chris, man, it's, I, I'm just saying, man, all the all the major sports are, are just full of what the fuckings, man, seriously. And and in the off-seasons of each sport, that keeps getting worse. And as much as they try to, you know, do it to Major League Baseball, it just doesn't seem to work out that way. It's pretty cut and dry. It's A to B. Pitch is going to be thrown. Somebody might hit it. Somebody might not. Yeah, but you can get into how they've changed the strike zone over the years. I mean, you start bringing up the instant replay. I mean, you can start bringing up a lot of shit. They took out the new shit this year. They took out the intentional walk. They're trying to uh, add all these things to speed up the game, quote unquote. Yeah. You, you know, know what I mean? You know what would speed up careful. the game? Just make be careful, baseball. Just the the last league that wanted to tweak everything and make it you know better. Uh, Rich isn't going to watch anymore. Just saying. I feel like I'm getting like shots taken at me here. No, it's not a shot. I'm just I'm taking a shot at the NHL. It's, it's saying baseball. Hey, man, <laughs> be careful with all your tweaks because. I mean, it's turned the NHL into a completely different league 20 years later. Well, I mean, the things that baseball complains about, like speeding up the game. Okay, well, here's the deal. Starting in the, mid to, in the mid-90s, when the Yankees under Joe Torre started coming back into prominence, Joe Torre was a master at slowing the game down to a crawl in the later innings if he felt he needed to. I mean, we're talking mound visits, you know, pitcher changes in the middle of an at-bat. I mean, shit that's like, it's, it's, uh, pitcher changes in the middle of an at-bat, I, I, I thought was against the rules for a long time. It's just one of those unwritten rules. It's like bunting to break up a no-hitter or a perfect game. You just don't do it. It's an unwritten rule of baseball. Well, if you want to, if you want to speed the game up, then get rid of the shit, the, the, the Joe Torre, you know, p- playbook of slowing the game to a crawl to get momentum either away from the team that you're playing against or on your team's side. All right. Let the game and, and let, let the game's momentum be dictated by the play on the field, not by what the coach and the managers are doing with their little chest moves and shit, especially in an American League team. It's not like you got a fucking. Uh, you know, it's not like you got to make a decision about are you going to let your pitcher hit? So I'm going to have to make a double switch, blah blah blah, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, it's pretty cut and dried. One through nine, you have a designated hitter. You send up there. 
If you want a better matchup, you maybe send out a left-handed guy against a right-handed pitcher. That's what you do. I mean, let's be honest here. It's not that hard in the decision-making process. There's no reason for it to drag out as long as it does. And also, watch postseason baseball, especially when Fox covers it. You know, they love them tight close-ups of the pitcher looking in, you know, into the catcher of, of, of of the batter, you know, staring out at the pitcher. And they milk them shits, man. They milk the shits for the drama. That's part of the game. You know, they don't bitch about it in playoff time. They bitch about it during the regular season. So, do they really want the game sped up? Or is it more of just, you know, hey, we kind of like, you know, we realize we play a fuck ton of regular season games, but we can't take them away from our owners because that's their bread and butter. So, can we kind of like, you know, get the pace moving on the regular season games? We don't care if the postseason games go four hours long. We don't give a shit about that, you know, but, you know, we can't have four hour fucking games on a fucking Tuesday night down at Comerica Park. It's just not going to work. All right. Anything else, guys? Sorry, I'm fucking I've been up since 3 a.m. your time. I'm fucking toast mentally. I have not been the greatest participant today. Well, yeah, there's uh, there's two football stories that that we pretty much uh, shit to bed on that that covering, in my opinion, from the get go. Uh, It's I mean, we talk about football, right? I mean, has there been a franchise in the NFL that's been jerked around and moved around more than the Raiders? Now, Cleveland's pretty close, but now I said the Browns, Rams, the Colts. They went to. They started in L.A. They went to St. Louis. They went back to L.A. Uh, it was the Oakland Raiders, L.A. Raiders, Oakland Raiders. Now it's going to be the Los Angeles Raiders, Baltimore Colts. Yeah, they went from Baltimore to Indiana. I mean, that's the only thing moves. that comes to mind. Rich is basketball. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what I'm talking about at the beginning, where he's like, Oakland went from Oakland down to L.A. and back to Oakland. Nobody seemed to notice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. You pulled that out your ass. <laughs> no, I was listening to the news about them going to Las Vegas, and <laughs> that was just that part of the movie where they started talking about that. And then the endless celebrations in the end zone where people were actually river dancing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, basketball had this shit on lock. <laughs> it is kind of scary, man. It is kind of scary. It's like, oh shit, this uh, this is like the, the movie Idiocracy. That was not supposed to be a documentary, you know. It was supposed to be satire, and that was how many hundreds of years in the future? Um, five hundred. Yeah. Now it's yeah, ten. I know. <laughs> I, I know, right? That movie come out eleven years ago. That's it. Anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to go so far as to say there's going to be violence and shit like that, but Raiders fans aren't known for their tact and diplomacy in the first place. And I mean, at what point are the hardcore fans who are pissed that they're leaving going to go, I don't care if they have a winning product on the field, we're not supporting this. I mean that would be that would be the the ultimate irony in this situation, wouldn't it? Is it the that they do go to the Super Bowl and win one in the next couple of years, yet their fan base is so disgusted with them, they're like, we don't give a fuck. 
Actually, Take. Rich, the way I the way I see this playing out is I think the first half of the season, nobody's going to show up. The second half, people are going to fill that stadium because it's going to be the last time they're going to see their team. Eventually, you're talking about people not showing up to an NFL game. You are insane. People show up. The Owen sixty Lions proved people show up. Doesn't matter. When I say people don't show up, I'm talking about how like how San Francisco looked a lot during their home games this season. That, that's that people not showing bad. up for. That's people not showing up for the NFL. I'm not talking about 2002 Tigers. Or was it 2003 Tigers, where there was like you know announced attendance of 2100, and I was there for a game against the Yankees for fuck's sake, you know what I'm saying 2100 Yankees in town in September. I'm not talking about that, you know. It, obviously, it's football; it's going to draw. But if this stadium isn't full, those owners they don't look at that as oh we have to fix this problem. They look at that as they're they're kissing the bags of money flying off goodbye. So that that's what I'm getting at. I mean, yeah, it basically comes down to how rabid of a fan base is it? How much are they willing to punish the, 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 how much are they willing to overlook the team, no matter what the team does, to punish the ownership for doing this to them? Cricket? Cricket? What was the question again? How much of the fan base, how far are the fan base willing to go to overlook the team if they're winning or losing, doesn't matter? to punish the, the ownership that's doing this to them by taking their team away from them. They won't, man. They will. It's, they're NFL fans. You only get 16 games a year. Eight of them are at home. I think it's going to be just like all these boycotts when, that we see what, that involve President Trump or Ivanka Trump, anything like that. It's going to be something that people will talk about for a fucking week. You might have maybe a game that's two-thirds full, and then the rest will be sellouts because everyone will be on that. The Raiders are leaving Oakland tip, and I bet you every fucking home game will be a sellout till they leave. Well, I mean, there is the rumblings that Oakland is doing its best to coax fucking Marshawn Lynch out of retirement and to come play for them, even though Seattle still holds his contract. Now, if Seattle's... I'm sorry, go ahead. And I'm say shit. <laughs> oh, I sorry. I thought I thought I heard someone break in. Um, now, if Seattle is willing to deal his contract and he does end up in Oakland, I mean, right there, you're going to have people who are going to to go just because they're going to watch him because it's beast mode. Yeah, but the problem is, is when they get there, he needs rest, so he'll be sitting. <laughs> Wait a minute, who needs, he'll need rest? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Christ. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I guess I'll, more so than not, I agree with you, Chris, but I also think that there is going to be a contingency of Raider fans that are going to go fuck this team because they're doing this to them. Is it going to be enough to put... Again. A, is it going to be enough to put... A dent in the numbers, so ownership is going to sweat it for the next season or two until they get to Vegas. No, but I mean, if I'm a Raiders fan, yeah. If I'm if I'm a native of Oakland, and I've watched them bounce between Oakland and L.A., and now they're going to bounce to Vegas, yeah, I'm salty. I'm pissed off. You know, when that team went to L.A. and won the Super Bowl out down there, you know, they were the toast of the town, and then they were just the fucking also rans after that. 
LA pretty much was like, if you ain't winning, you ain't shit here. Sorry, we got the Lakers. We got the Dodgers. We don't need you. You know, they even had Gretzky there at one point for a stretch, you know. So when they bounce back to Oakland, Oakland, what the fuck does Oakland got? Two short and what else? That's it. The athletics? Really? Rich Gannon? I guess. I mean, I, uh, Digital Underground come from Oakland. The Humpty Dance. I mean, I, it's not like Wait, MC they Hammer. from Oakland. MC Hammer yeah. from Oakland. <laughs> yeah, I guess he could turn this mother out. Yeah, so. No, they're not from Oakland, but they just buy Raiders gear. Yeah, when they were in L.A. That's what, I, that's, <laughs> that's probably one of the things that Al Davis was like, I don't give a fuck if it's gangster rap and they're associating that with my team. We're the bad guys of the NFL. Of course we love that shit. NWA did more to fucking remember the Raiders pretty much sucked during that time period. So NWA did more to keep the Raiders in, at the top of the sales of NFL fucking merchandise than the, their own team did at that period of time. Because everybody had a Raiders something at that period, whether it was a starter jacket, a fucking hat, something, t shirt. So I don't know. I I I got some sympathy for the, for Raiders fans in Oakland. You guys, them them guys have been shit on, you know, way too much in my opinion. And uh, you know, all they want to do is root for a team and not be not have their team be used as a uh, what do you call it uh, 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 a bargaining chip, like it was when Al Davis was alive with his fucking personal war with the NFL. And, you know, now he dies, they probably think they're in the clear and they're going to move the team to, to Vegas of all fucking places. So. And Vegas going from zero to two sports teams. Those are, yeah. There's going to be some dynamite 30 for 30s, man. <laughs> I think the Raiders won just trumped the NHL one. Oh, yes. Big time. Big time. Shit, there's probably going to be a thirty for thirty about the uh, the the shit behind the scenes to get them to L- or to Vegas. Let alone once they get there, the shit that happens, because you know what's going to happen. There's going to be a sports gambling fucking uh, uh, controversy at some point with two professional teams, one of which is the uh, is an NFL team in, within the next five to ten years. I mean, I don't even think you need a crystal ball to call that one. There's going to be something. It just, come on now. Yeah, it'd be I a mean, pretty safe call for even me. You know. But, you know, and the other story coming out of the NFL is, uh, yeah, apparently Adrian Peterson thinks he's fucking timeless. 32 years old, and he wants to play for a fucking contender. Uh, he can stay uh, healthy? Is that, is that his game plan? Well, he's well, never going to come out. He's not going to come out and say, I'm old and beat up. I need somebody to hire me quick so I can get a ring and write off. Well, but, I mean, is, since since he got, uh, you know, since his whooping penalty, I mean, his durability has been an issue for him. Like, well, the on, on, top of that, his, on top of that, his stats have been going down even before his injury problems started sidelining him for huge chunks of the season. His yards per carry have went down drastically before the injury started piling up. He's on the wrong side of 30. I think we can all agree on that. I mean, what can he do? He can only hope to, like, point to someone like, you know, Frank Gore, who's 
33 and had over a thousand yards rushing and say, I, if he can do it, I can do it. But I mean, that's, that's one example out of how many running backs over 30 can put up a thousand yard rushing season. You know, that's not, it's not great odds for a team to take, especially a contender. And rumor is he wants eight mil a year. I mean, which is it? You want a paycheck or you want to play for a contender? You ain't, you ain't 22, 32. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what? Uh, yeah, he was taking a pay cut if he had stayed with the uh, Vikings. But, I mean, he's still what? He's asking for half of what he would have made. He Yeah, he'd have, taken, he'd have taken a pay cut, I think, from $18 million to $14 million. He's asking for over half of that to play, and he's asking to play on a contender. I mean, first of all, if I'm a contender, am I? Are you? If you're a contender, are you even looking at Adrian Peterson? No, I mean, I'd like to have a million dollar bank account. Fuck Jennifer Aniston. That ain't, that shit ain't gonna happen. A lot of shit I'd like to do. Fucking Adrian and Peterson. Adrian and Peterson. Adrian Peterson and Colin Kaepernick need to get you know form a club together called the. If you want to start, it's gonna be a shitty uh, free agency for you. Brevity is not the uh, strength of the club's name there, but <laughs> that's what the club would be named. They might find um, a way to turn it into an acronym somehow. Uh, yeah, I just I don't I don't know. I mean, what what teams need a over thirty a thirty two year old running back whose stats have been in decline for the last three seasons, whose injuries are piling up, and reportedly wants eight million dollars a year. I mean, that's he. If that's the case, he's pricing himself out of a lot of teams' market. I mean, that's all there is to it. Especially since running back is not a prized it's not a, it's not a prized spot on a football team like it used to be. You know, teams will, are more than happy nowadays to draft running backs in the late second round and 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 third and fourth rounds and put and put them out there and have them be their starting you know running back these days. It's not like you have to take you know, running back in the top 10 for him to make an impact anymore. It does happen, but it's not, it's not the, it's not the rule. Running backs have fallen out of favor as far as the sexiness, as far as the NHL or NFL is concerned. So, I mean, he can't even bank on, Hey, look, I'm, I'm in a high profile position. I'll put asses in the seats. Yeah. He, uh, it, again, it's, it's another person not too self-aware. I know, he, honestly, he might go to Vegas. Yeah, but he ain't going there this season. He'd have to go to Oakland this season. He might. And if, o- and if Oakland's trying to get, what, a 30-year-old Lynch on their team who's had a season to rest, why would they want a fucking 32-year-old Adrian Peterson whose stats were on a decline? That's one thing you can say about Lynch. He pretty much left with his fucking legacy intact. He didn't tarnish it at the end. Right, so if he doesn't come back, why wouldn't they get Peterson? Eight mil a year, guy guy who's showing a huge downside. I mean, Talk there's about- really not much that not much out there for running backs, bro. That Oakland's going to well, be able to get anyway. Yeah, but you like once again in the draft, you're not going to have people fucking rushing to take running backs in the first and second round. You can pick up a good running back in the late second and third rounds these days. Easy. Hello, Mixon. I mean, let's be honest, especially one who's going to be. If if you pick up a running back, if you're if you're the Raiders and you pick up a running back in the middle of the third round, late third round, early in the fourth round, even, okay, and he he ends up producing as much as Peterson did, 
you saved yourself the hassle of having to worry about what to do with him after the season is done, having to pay him $8 million because now you got a running back who's on a rookie contract, and a rookie contract that's valued way lower because of where you took him in a draft, and you got the same amount of production. There's no upside to taking Peterson, none whatsoever, because it's no guarantee. It's just, to me, in my mind, it's just as much a risk as drafting a running back in the third or fourth round. You don't know what you're going to get. I mean, I've said it before. I think his career is over. I think he he really needs to hang him up, call it a career, and be happy with any money that he has left. I mean, if he really wants to win a championship, then he needs to humble himself, drop his asking price to basically league minimum, be or at least be willing to take league minimum. I understand you're never going to go in negotiating. Go, I'll take his. I'll take the least amount you can pay me. That's not how negotiation works. But that's where he that's he's he should be willing to accept that to be on a team who's a championship contender if that's what he really wants. To me, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. Yeah, he needs to find himself a bench that would fit his ass nicely on a contender, and that's how he'll get his ring, and then he can retire. I mean, I hate to say it, but if if is it better to be a small cog in a machine that wins a fucking championship or to always be, you know, the biggest cog in the machine and never win a championship. I'll take choice A because you win a championship. Exactly. Especially since he's already he's already gotten all the spotlight and the accolades he's ever going to fucking need. Now he just needs to prove to himself that he that, that he needs to do it no matter how what championship it is we're talking about, NHL, NBA, NFL, MLB, it does not matter. They all say Someone on that team, when, when a team wins a championship, at least one person on that team is going to stand up, look at the rest of the team and go, they can say whatever they want about us, but they can't take this from us. That's what the, If that's what he's playing for, then he ha- yeah, he has to fucking look in the mirror and go, you're not the AP of 10 years ago. Sorry. It's time to contribute where you can. Do your best where you can and get that championship that no one can take from me. Yeah. The end. Can't argue with that. I mean, it's, it's, it's period on the end of that sentence. Because what, what more can you say about it, really? It's he's he's in danger of burning out, or I'm sorry, fading away instead of burning out. You know, no one wants to be the guy. No one, you know, it's Earl. It's you brought it up before. No one, no one wants to see you be Michael Jordan in the late '90s. Nobody, nobody wants to see that. And you know, a guy like. AP, he's a, AP's in danger of being the fifty-year-old guy at the club. <laughs> Especially just with the numbers he's been putting up. This is this ain't. What year did he break the rushing record or almost break it? Was it two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, whatever year that? It ain't that year. Whatever year it is. All right. Yeah, yeah just, and, and if it if it was two thousand twelve. It's five seasons ago, people. It's five seasons. That is not exactly like, oh, this was in the last couple seasons. You know, the, the, so wear and tear, you put your body through five seasons in the NA, in the in the NFL. Think about that. Well, yeah, man. It's it's got to like be it's got to like be getting hit by like a Ford Focus every time you get hit by an NFL player. I mean, trust two a running back. That's the impact position. You are getting hit when you play running back. Combine that with the bum knees those guys always have. Yeah, I mean, yeah, five years in the NFL. Let's might as well be a decade of normal life if you really think about it. 
uh, normal life with a lot of hard partying in there, I would say. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're 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 pounding them on Friday and Saturday nights for that for that decade. All right, is, oh. is that it? Are we done? Yeah. Earl, you alive? Always, baby. Right on. Well, thanks everybody who has listened and downloaded on ChristopherMedia.net on iTunes. Best month ever. Fully confidently say that it's this month. For some reason, in March we have caught on. We have dwarfed all of the rest of the months we have been putting this podcast out so uh, you can email us uh, at ChristopherMedia.net Thank you everybody If you like this show please tell a friend Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.